This is the GGC Life podcast. Well, good morning again. My wife said, uh, am I going to share a little bit about us? Not that you would be that interested in, in us, but I, I think it's a good thing for you to know who's speaking to you, who's with you this morning. So just a little bit of our history. I was born in South Africa, so I'm an African from South Africa. And uh, I think I'm going to spend the rest of my days there. I think God's called me. This is what I feel for now, that God's called us there. And I'm going to be maybe one of the last to leave. I'll switch the lights off, but I'm staying there. Unless God can do what he wants to do and move us. I uh, was a young man looking for a wife, and I couldn't find a wife anywhere in South Africa. So God sent a woman, a lady from Denmark. Do you know where Denmark is in, in Europe? She sent this lady with her folks all the way as missionaries to South Africa because I needed a wife. Isn't that amazing? And so she's got four brothers. She's the fifth child, and she's the last child, and she's the only girl. Thank God for that. And so we married uh, many years ago. We've had four children. We've got three with us on planet Earth and one little girl in heaven. And I can't wait to, t- I can't wait to see her one day and say, who's your daddy? And of course, she's going to say, you're my daddy. I've been watching you all these years. And then we've got six grandchildren out of the womb. Don't tell anyone. They don't know this back home in South Africa, but she's pregnant. My daughter-in-law, that's my son Daniel on the drums. And my daughter-in-law, Amy, and she's pregnant with number seven. I've got seven grandchildren. Is that amazing? You say, how can such a young man have seven grandchildren? Well, I married when I was 14. I'm just teasing. I didn't. But we planted a church uh, many years ago, 23 years ago. We're catching you up in Johannesburg. Now, Johannesburg is one of the most dangerous cities in the world. It's, it's crazy. I live in a house with a big wall and electric fence and we've got beams in the garden and we've got alarms and we, that's the way we have to live, unfortunately. But we live like that because it's such a, a dangerous place. Crime is rampant. Violent crime is all over the place. But God has called us there. Where, there's, where sin abounds, the Bible says, grace abounds even more. Yeah. Joburg, the heavens are open. We see the church. We can hardly keep up with who God sends our way. We've seen people saved left, right, and center all over the place. I just have, we can do announcements. This is not a, a boast or a brag. It's just the open heaven. I'll do announcements and I have an altar call and somebody will get saved. It's, it's just amazing. So it's quite easy to, to plant a church there. If you're wanting to plant a church, come to South Africa. You just, uh, it's a bit dangerous, but it's fun. Um, so we did that 23 years ago. It's called Four Ways Community Church. Uh, we're above Hooters. Do you, know, do you know the restaurant Hooters? Do you know the restaurant Hooters? How do you go? Did you guys go there or something? But anyway, our church is above Hooters. And uh, it was given, I was telling Leo, he was asking us about our venue. We had, give, had been given notice in our previous venue. And uh, we were like distraught, you know. We, where are we going to go? You know, even us as pastors, sometimes we lack in, in our faith. And uh, I went into this coffee shop that I usually frequent. And the owner, who knows me just a little, he said he had a dream about me. So I said, whoa, is it a good dream or a bad dream? I'm not interested if it's a bad dream. He said, no, it's a good dream. I dreamt that you needed a property for the church. Amazing. He's not even a believer. So God can speak through a donkey, an unbeliever, whatever he wants. And anyway, so we're in that venue. We have uh, multiple services on a Sunday morning. And uh, we're just living uh, the, the, a dream. It's It's tough. As anything is tough, life is beautiful, and life is brutal, and life is brutal, and life is beautiful. And one day it's going to be all beautiful. And so uh, 
I want to share with you uh, a sermon on, on the parable of the soils. Now, I love parables. I don't know if you love the parables. I love them. Jesus was a master teacher, and he taught in parables. Some people understood what he was, what he was saying, and others didn't. And today, we're going to look at the, the, the parable of, you can call it the parable of the sower, or the parable of the soils. Now, the soil is a, is a picture, or a kind of illustration of your heart. Your heart. Your heart, your heart. And this morning, I want to uh, ask you, if you had to examine yourself, is your heart ready to receive? Because you could be an old Christian. You may have never crossed the line of faith. You could be sitting here this morning. You've never surrendered your life to Jesus. And I pray and hope and trust that today is the day you're going to surrender and give your life to Christ. But your, your heart needs to be ready to receive the Word of God. You could be an old Christian, and your heart could have... Uh, found itself in many different conditions and the seed that God continues to sow he is always sowing his seed and uh, we need to always guard our heart the Bible says and prepare and have our hearts prepared for that seed and I could be preaching a sermon with to you this morning and maybe God wants to drop some seed into your heart so they could produce fruit and the question I want to ask you what what is the condition of your heart and so we will read from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 13. Should we do that? Yeah. I love the Gospels. I love the Bible. And uh, I love preaching through the Bible. So the parable of the sower, it says in my Bible, verse 1. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying... A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. He who has ears, let him hear. It's interesting. There's another hearing that he's talking about here. There's a, we have spiritual ears in, in a sense. And many people can hear and many people are stone deaf. They cannot hear the voice of the Spirit. They cannot hear the voice of God. And we need to make sure our ears are continually unblocked so we can hear what he is saying. And so he, he, he spoke to the crowds and then he withdrew. Jesus did. And the disciples came to him because they didn't understand what he was saying. And they said, why do you speak to them in parables? And what does it mean? And in verse 18, he gives them the explanation. He says, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away, snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the word of the Lord. 
So here we see Jesus on the Sea of Galilee. I don't know if you've been to Israel. We were there just a few weeks ago, in fact. My wife and I and two other eldership couples on our team. And we went to the Sea of Galilee. This is the sea where Jesus walked on the water. And it's a very fertile ground around the edges of the, the, the sea. You see a lot of crops growing there. And uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and, and I'm using a little bit of imagination here. So there's a crowd gathered, he's talking to them, there's the sea, over there's a valley, there's some fields, and he possibly, he saw a sower. And he says, As the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like a man, a sower, sowing seeds, and, and they knew what it meant to, they were farmers, so they knew what he was talking about, but possibly there was even a sower out there sowing seed, and he said, the kingdom of heaven is like that guy there, or that lady there, literally. And he starts with something they could understand, a sower who sows seeds, and he moves on to something they don't understand. He begins with something they see, onto something they do not see. He starts with something natural, and then moves onto something supernatural, He's, starts with something material, then moves on to the spiritual. They understood the sowing, but they didn't understand the spiritual truth that he was trying to depict through the story. And so here's this sower who has a bag, a leather bag over his shoulder full of, uh, of seeds, and he would, he would pace himself out. He would take a, a handful, and he would, I don't know how many steps he would walk, and he would scatter the seed, and he would walk, and he would scatter the seed. You know the word broadcast is, comes from that original sower. As he, as he broadcasts the seed, the seed, so we broadcast and speak. And so as he broadcast, as he scattered the seed, it had fallen four different places. Some on hard ground, some on rocky ground, some where there was or shallow ground, and some where there were, were weeds and thorns and thistles, and some on good ground. And so we have three components in this story. The, the, the sower, literally or initially, is Jesus. Then it's his disciples, and then it's us. We, when we preach the, the word of the kingdom, when we share our story, when we share the gospel or what God has done with others, we are sowing seed into the hearts of people. We have the sower, we have the seed, which is the word of God, the, the secrets of the kingdom. And then we have the soil, which is your heart and, or people's hearts. And so the question this morning, what soil are you? Are you hard? Are you shallow? Are you crowded? Or are you good soil? Because you're one of those four. You, you cannot be neutral or indifferent. You're one of those soils. What are you this morning? God wants to sow into your life. And so uh, the, the issue is, I was busy preparing and this couple came to see me and they saw my notes and they saw the parable of the soils and they said, is that what you're preaching on Sunday? I said, yes. They said, is it going to be a good sermon? And that's the problem is, is, is often us preachers, we, we look in it for it to be a good, I want to be a good sower. It's, got, it's, it's actually about the soil. I don't know how good the sower was. Maybe he, had his, he was walking and sowing and, and he had a little five-year-old son who had his own bag and he was stuck scattering it and throwing it. I'm sure some of that seed would have fallen on good soil. It's not about the condition of, of the, the sower in the sense of how good you are. It's, it's a, this, is, this is a pulpit that we're ministering from. I'm not here to showboat and to show off and to show you how good I am and how great I am and how fab, fabulous I am. I'm all those things anyway. But no, I'm just I'm not. Of course I'm not. You know that. You, you have to be with me for five minutes to know I'm not that. I was at a conference. I don't know where it was, what direction, but it's a, in this city a few years ago. And I was in this stadium. There were 20,000 people. And there was a preacher that got onto the stage 
And he was mesmerizing. He was, um, honestly, I was a bit irritated because I don't like celebrity preaching and celebrity pastors. I, I personally don't do that stuff. It's like you're, you must become less so he can become more. And in many places, we are becoming more and he's becoming less. And it's more about us and less about him. And I think that's, a, that's an issue and that's a problem. And so anyway, so I was a little irritated because I, I knew this guy was a celebrity and I, and, I, and I had a bad attitude. My soil was bad, okay? And I sat there and I thought, no, I'm not going to receive. And he, he was better than I could have ever imagined. He was just wax lyrical. He was dripping with, with charisma. He was, just, he was just floating on the stage. He didn't even walk. He just glided on the stage. I'm telling you how he was amazing. And I walked out of that place with this thought. He is amazing. Stop there. I've been in meetings where the preacher has been less than amazing. Like it's a bit like stuttering and can't put two words together and, and a little shy and they just stand behind the pulpit and they just preach like quite static. And God has done the most supernatural things in my heart as he was preaching and I walk away from the place and I say, who's amazing? God is amazing. God is amazing. That's the kind of preaching I want to sit under. So it's got nothing to do, you don't, have to, you don't have to go and study and just open your mouth and sow the seed. And who's the sower? It's you and me. We need, you, you do that. We equip you for the work of the ministry. It's not even us. It's like, the, I can't reach the people that you can reach. We are limited. And so the seed is the, is the, is the, is the, is the, the secrets of the kingdom, the, the, the message of the kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. We, we live in this world, but we're not of this world. We have another king. We have another ruler, and every, every kingdom is going to bow to him one day. Every ruler is going to bow. And I look forward to that day because I, I don't like totalitarian rulership. I don't like, <laughs> I better be careful. Okay, I'm not back in South Africa, so I'll behave myself. In South Africa, I've been thrown in jail a few times. I don't, want to, I don't know what an Aussie jail is like. I know what a South African jail is like. I don't know Aussie jail. I don't want to be in one. So I better behave myself. The one time I was preaching in Denmark, and I was preaching about disciplining children. And, I was, and as I was preaching, the interpreter was, was interpreting me. And I looked at my wife and she looked very perplexed. And I, and I stopped and I said, what's going on? She said, he's not, he's not t- telling the people what you're saying. Because it wasn't politically correct. And so I said, hey, just tell them what I'm saying. He said, if I do that, they're going to lock you up. <laughs> so thank goodness I haven't been locked up anywhere else. But I would be in, the, in good company with Paul. He was locked up a few times. And some of the disciples were locked up. Any of you been locked up for the gospel? Why not? <laughs> so, it's a spiritual kingdom and he's inviting people. He's inviting you and me to, to this kingdom of joy and peace and fulfillment and kindness and happiness in this life and eternal glory in heaven. And the only way to enter this kingdom is through faith in Christ Jesus. And He's calling us. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, He's calling you. He wants you in His kingdom. Because through Christ, you'll be with Him for eternity. Outside of Christ, you'll be away from God, separate from God for eternity. That's a scary thing. And I think sometimes we as Christians are selfish. We, we just, we, we, the gospel's preached to us. We receive the gospel and then we don't share it with others. And that's selfish if we do that. I wonder, as long as I go to heaven, what about your family and your neighbors and your colleagues? And your friends, share the gospel. It's simple, but just don't be weird. Because Christians, I don't, I'm talking about our, my country. 
Sometimes Christians get so weird, they turn people away from God. It's like, I don't want to be, this, you're weird, man. Do you know what I mean by weird? Is that a word here in Australia? Don't be weird. Just be yourself. Be natural. Be, be, just be cool. Share the gospel. Open your mouth and share this wonderful. And you might not know the scriptures. You might not know how to preach. You might, know, might not know many things. But you know what God has done in your life. Just share that with them. Just tell people what you've experienced. It's so simple. You don't have to go to Bible college to be an evangelist or share the gospel. All you have to do is build a relationship with somebody, share, get, show interest in their life, and their heart will open, and then share, tell them about what Jesus has done for you. But be wise in that. Don't force it. Don't push it. Just be discerning. Build a relationship first. There's a great evangelical, evangelistic uh, process just build a relationship the heart will open and you'll have an opportunity sooner or later you know god still wants to save people god is still saving people all of you probably all of you are saved in this place i'm hoping but somebody shared the gospel with you somebody shared with me a a, a man i just want to look at the time quickly i'm having so much fun i've had this has been so easy to preach in this this pulpit because your hearts I feel I, I don't know maybe it's not maybe your hearts are hard I don't know but I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot of grace coming away and I'm, it feels like I'm at home but but there was a there was a, a the, the guy that invited me to church he was a guy that liked my wife before I, he, before I married her and so and if I met him before I was a Christian I would have decked him but that's for sure I promise you and I almost decked him as a Christian I mean he was he was you know anyway but he invited me, and I thank God that he invited me to church. And I didn't want to come to church because I thought church was for weird people, man. Just look around. It's like, like I was having fun. I was partying. I was nightclubbing. I was into drugs and all sorts of stuff. I don't want to go to church. I walked into the church the first time her father was preaching. I was mesmerized by the Spirit, not by his ability. By his, his, he was preaching, piercing my heart. I was never the same again. That was... 37 years ago you know God is sovereign and he sets it up her father was preaching her brother led me to the Lord and she married me don't tell me this is a setup but anyway let's get to the soils so firstly is this some of the, the seed fell on hard soil the soil of a hard hard heart it's an unresponsive heart this is this is a path. Now, in ancient Palestine, they walked everywhere. There was no bicycles or motorbikes or, or cars. They walked everywhere or rode donkeys, I suppose. And so they would walk. There were fields everywhere. They would walk. There would possibly be paths around the, the fields or maybe one through the center. And as they walked, they, this was well trodden. There was lots of traffic. And the seed would fall on this hard soil. And the, the point of the seed couldn't penetrate the hard soil. And it would lay there and birds would come and snatch it away. What does that mean? What is, Jesus tells him, this is the person who is, is hard-hearted. Somebody, I love this definition. The Bible says, don't be stiff-necked. Stiff-necked. If you, don't forget that picture. You're like, you can't move your head. You won't move me. It's an unteachable heart. Nobody tells me. This is a typical male in South Africa. Nobody tells me what to do. You're unaccountable. You're non-submissive. And I'd like to go hard at those men. You're arrogant. Who do you think you are? I am nobody. But you're hard. 
And if you want the word to penetrate, and, and I say that nicely and kindly, of course. We had this one person that visited our church. She's got a son in our church. Actually, her son is uh, good friends with my son. And his, uh, his mother came to see us. She came to church once, and she wanted to see us. She's got lots of problems in her life. So I said, you, I saw your church last Sunday. Did you enjoy it? What, what did you get out of it? She said, absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing, I said. The songs, the music, the worship, the, you got nothing out of that. Unfortunately, I was preaching that Sunday, so she got nothing out of the preach. I thought, reading the scripture, her heart is hard. The seed of God's word cannot penetrate. And Satan wants to, he wants to snatch it away from you. And you could be sitting here this morning and your heart, you could say you're just a typical South African. You're too direct. You're too bold. Not bold. You're too, you're too straight. Just, just relax. Sit down. You could be hard-hearted like that. Well, I'm going back to South Africa in a week's time. <laughs> you're going to stay here with your hard heart. And I'm not, I'm not scared to challenge you if you're sitting here with a hard heart. I'm not scared to say, soften your heart, my brother. Soften your heart. Let the, not for me, for the seed of God's word to penetrate your heart. So there can be fruit, not for me, for him and for you and for those you love. But they, you have to humble yourself to receive from God. You have to humble yourself. No, you, we told, we told this South Africans say you have to. Don't tell me we have to. I'm telling you. What the Bible says, you have to humble your heart. Not I say that the Bible says it. You have to die to yourself. If you want to find your life, you have to lose your life, the Bible says. You see, South Africans are very biblical. We say you have to. <laughs> you see, the devil steals the, and snatches the seed through the fear of man. You, you maybe fear man or you have doubt or prejudice or stubbornness or pres pro procrastination or, or even the love of sin. Or maybe you could be a careless listener. You don't pay attention. You don't listen. You hear, but you don't listen. I don't know. This is what our, our parents did with us in South Africa. When we didn't listen, they grabbed us by the ear and said, Listen, my boy. I want to do that with some people in the church. Listen. Ain't <laughs> now. I mean, that's sore. So your heart's not ready. Come to church. Come to a meeting. Come with your heart ready to receive. You need to prepare the soil and soften your heart. If you've got bitterness and anger and resentment and unforgiveness in your heart, you need, you need to deal with that so that the word can penetrate and bring forth life. So the second soil is the soil of a shallow heart. This is an impulsive heart. It fell on rocky places. There wasn't much soil. So what happened, they said in ancient Palestine, they had these, these plates of uh, limestone rock just below the, 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 the surface of the soil. So even the plow would go through and would, would penetrate the soil and wouldn't hit the rock. But just below there was the rock. And the, the, the seed would fall there and it would germinate, germinate and it would hit the rock and it had nowhere else to go. So it would shoot back up quickly. And the farmer probably got excited and thought, gee, this is quicker. This is going to be a bumper crop this year. But what happened is when the sun came out, because it, it couldn't penetrate the soil because of the rock, there was no, it, it had no root. And as the sun came out, it burnt the, the weed and it withered. This is the man who hears the word and he immediately responds and receives it. But there's no firm root. His heart is shallow. It's thin. It's lean. I mean, I don't get overexcited when people get saved, especially when celebrities get saved 
And I think we make we do the kingdom and injustice when somebody that's famous gets saved, and before you know it, they're on the television sharing their testimony. Just relax. Like someone like, I mean, I don't know many famous Australians, but Ricky Ponting is one of them. And, and Nicole Kidman, is she one of them? Yeah. Oh, is she not? Okay, I don't know. Who cares? Who cares? But let's say Ricky Ponting, he's Tasmanian, so I don't know. Who, who's a famous Australian? Shane Warne, okay. <laughs> he gets saved. <laughs> And now all of a sudden, he's all over the news, and we're making a big fuss of him. It could be shallow soil. As soon as persecution comes to these people, I don't know what lies between the, below the surface. What's in your heart? You might be full of compromise. You, you, you might have stuff that's hidden. And, and don't put these people on a platform too soon, because once the, the seed hits or the root hits the, the, the rock, and it comes up, and the sun scorches it, and it just dies. You see, these are people that as soon as trial or hardship or any form of persecution comes, they tap out. They give up. Christians are tough. Amen? Christians are tough. See, these people never counted the cost. There's a cost. And I don't, I don't say this, this. The prosperity gospel will tell you, come to Jesus and everything will be perfect. You'll never have any more trouble. You'll be rich and famous. It's lies. It's lies. There's a cost. You have to lay your life down. You have to take up your cross. You have to lose your life. This is the, this is the, the message of the kingdom. It's not my message. Sometimes it will cost you a relationship. Or so, sometimes in, in some cultures, your whole family will turn against you if you profess to follow Christ. Maybe there's a price to pay. Maybe your friends will turn away. My friends all turned away from me. But I continue to befriend them. There was no stability, so this, it withered away. Number three, we see the soil of a crowded heart, a preoccupied heart. Some seed fell amongst weedy ground. I'm sure the farmer tried his best to weed out of the garden the weeds. Now, I don't know if you have a garden, but we've got one. My wife loves to garden, and... Uh, We've been having trouble for years with our lawn, with weeds, because weeds grow quickly, and they just spring up, and we, we, pull it, we, we thought we could get rid of the weed by pulling the top off, and the weed disappears, but underneath there's a root still there, and it grows, and then so they grow amongst the, the flowers or the, 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 the seed, and they grow fast, and they suck out all the the moisture, so it leaves nothing for this young, fragile plant to grow, and the weeds choke the plant. Jesus was saying, what does this mean? This is a person who receives the word, but the worries of the world will choke the, the, the life out of him. Someone called it the, the unholy trinity of distractions. The worries, the cares of life, the riches, the deceitfulness of riches, and the pleasures of life. We live in a very affluent area in Johannesburg. People are entrepreneurs, got lots of money. This one guy, he was in my home group, he had three Ferraris. I said to him, what do you need three Ferraris for? Why don't you give one to the pastor? He didn't do that. He didn't do that. But I drove it around a bit. <coughs> oh, no, let me, I drove it around a lot with the window down and my arm out and around four ways around. I'm, a, I'm not a humble guy and I was driving. I wanted people to see me. That was bad. That was bad. I repent. I repented and I repent. And I was just. But I'll do it again, by the way. But, uh, but, 
It's just, I'm still, a, I'm a work in progress. Sanctification is a pro process, you know. But this is a picture of our lives being crowded. There's no room for the seed to really dig deep. And one of the biggest distractions is the phone. Now, there was a guy that preached at the Equip, and he spoke about TikTok. And he says, you, you waste your life away with TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. And I said that to my children. They said, that's an old person statement. That's, a, that's an old person. It's so true. But this, is, this can consume your life. I love this thing. I'm on the phone. I was up at Hoppers 3 this morning. I couldn't, jet lag, I couldn't go to sleep. So I, I spent uh, an hour praying. And then I spent an hour on Twitter. <laughs> I should, have been I should have spent that other hour reading my Bible. But remember, I'm a work in progress, just like you. But the one time I went to church, I forgot my phone. I was like panicking. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? It was a wonderful liberation. Games and emails and social media news. See, the problem, these aren't bad things. But they're bad when they choke out God's word in our lives. When they, they, good things become ultimate things. These, I love good things. I love nice things. But when these good things and nice things become ultimate in our lives, they take the place of God, they choke the word out, and God can't produce fruit in your life. And then the last soil is the soil of a good heart. It's well prepared. Some of the seed fell on good soil. It was soft and rich and clean. And it yielded a, a crop 160, 30-fold. This is the person who hears the word, accepts the word, and holds it. This is genuine repentance. His heart was ready to receive. And as it, as it, it penetrated the soil, there was a crop. There was fruit. And we all call to bear fruit. God expects us to bear fruit. The Bible says we will all stand before God one day and give an account for our lives. I believe we're safe. If we've received Christ, we're safe. I, we can be assured of our salvation. I never doubt that I'll lose my salvation or God will take it away from me. I never doubt that personally. I know that I'm saved for eternity. But I'm still going to have to give an account for what I did with my life. Is there fruit? Is there, I'm going to be rewarded according to the way I lived. And, and we all have different levels of fruit. We, we, we've all got our own song. We've all got our own race to run. I, I ran a race. I mean, I was, it was really a dumb thing to do. But I ran a race called the Comrades Marathon. It's 90 kilometers long. long. I thought I was going to die. But I had to pace myself. You could see people running past you and, uh, and you could get like, if you're a competitive guy, you want to chase them down. You, wanna, you, you have to pace yourself. I, I got to halfway and my family were waiting for me at halfway to give me a little hot dog to eat. And my mother-in-law bless her soul, she runs out, she says, why are you taking so long? She's like, do you want to try and do this race? It's 90 kilometers. She said there was an old, large woman that was in front of you. It's like, I'll try to catch that lady up for sure. But uh, we must run our own race. You have to pace yourself. You run a race. The Bible says you have a race to run. Run your own race. Stop comparing with others. I'm not running your race. You're not running my race. Run your race. Amen. Just be free. Pace yourself. But the fruit that he's talking about, it's the fruit of our lips. This morning was beautiful singing with you, like Susanna said. We've had the privilege of singing with Christians and congregations all over Africa, all over the world. My favorite after Australia is Ethiopia. 
They sing in a language called Amharic. It's angelic. It's beautiful. If you ever get a chance to go to Ethiopia, go there. The, the book, book of Galatians talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, gentleness. Does that permeate from our lives? The fruit of making disciples is another measure of fruit. Of seeing people cross the line of faith and us discipling them. So let me close with this. I'm going to ask you to respond as well just now. I'll give you the opportunity. It would be remiss of me to come all the way here. And I didn't give you the chance to respond. And hopefully I'm trusting that God's pressed some of your hearts and you're ready to respond. But, but the question is this. Do you, do you firstly, do you, do you have an assurance of your salvation? Is it, are you secure? In your, or you have to work and you have to perform and have to breed more, my power. I need to go to church. I need to give more. I need to pray more. And if I don't do these things, God doesn't love me. That's religion. You do those things because God loves you. Because God loves you. Do, I don't pray, go to church and tithe so that God will love me. That's religion. Because God loves me and died for me, I want to do that stuff. I, I get to do it. I enjoy doing it. It's not a legalistic thing for me. To, I better read my Bible. And so many people live like that under this, this cloud of performance. I better, if I don't read my Bible... Do you think, if you never read your Bible again, do you think God will love you any less than He loves you right now? I don't believe so. I don't believe so. But it would be silly for you not to read the Bible. Are you assured of your salvation? And secondly, do you know Him? Do you really know Him? Or you, could be going, you could be sitting here having gone to church for 20 years and you don't know Him. You know of Him. You know about Him. Now, now none of you know my wife well. Except those two a little bit better than me. I mean, less than me. Less than me. Well, he's been in her tummy, so maybe he knows her, her better than me. He's seen her insides. I haven't seen her insides. So I was right. I wasn't wrong. You laughed at me. You thought I was dwarf. You thought I was dumb, man. <laughs> maybe I am a little. Don't worry. I am a little. I could, we could do an MRI scan on her. You know that full body? You, you could... You, I could give you the reports. You could see her, her skeletal structure. I could tell you her personality type. I could give you, I'd tell you her blood type. I could tell you, you would know about her, but you wouldn't know her. I know her intimately. She's my lover, my wife, my best friend. We're best friends. I know her. Do you know God? Do you really know God? Or do you know about Him? Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.